0: Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. You guys are in for yet another treat. I met this wonderful woman named Danae, who happens to be the daughter of my friend Dee Bourgoin, who I interviewed for season three of the show. I was connected with Danae, and I cannot be more delighted because this episode, she brings to light some beautiful truths about the fact that we can become so emotionally burdened with our own emotional baggage, and it's of our own choosing, believe it or not. might be subconscious, but it is our own choosing. And suddenly we get to a place where we realize we're out of room and something has to change. Friends, if you're in that space today, where you've reached an emotional bottom, where you say, there is no more room. I have no more space. I cannot go on like this. This is the episode for you. So without further delay, here's my conversation with my new friend, Danae. Danae, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Sherry.
0: Absolutely. So for a little backstory for the people that don't know, we had a conversation and it was so funny because you're, I talked to your mom, and I'm going to tell the listeners who your mom is momentarily, but I talked to your mom and um, she was saying, you know, I have somebody that I want to recommend to you. And she was extolling all of this person's virtues. And she was like, I really think that this would be a great person for you to interview for your show. And then she says, and that person is my daughter. (laughs) And I was like, oh that's so sweet, but she didn't, she didn't want me to think that it was like nepotism. Like she was just recommending you cause you were her daughter anyway. So your mom is Dee Burgoyne who I had on the show in season three, I think. Uh, yeah. So
1: yeah, she's we're happy to have biggest Cheerleader. She is just my, <laughs> uh, I know. Um, just love her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, she's fantastic. So, um, thank you. I'm excited. This is the first time I've ever separately interviewed a mom and then a daughter. So this will be fun for me. And I have no expectations that there will be any similarity because this season is uh, is a different theme. And this season we're talking about thriving alone. And so, Danae, let's dive in. And uh, let me just ask you, what have you been or are? thrive or being alone in a time in your life that you felt alone?
1: I, I feel like I have had a lot of times in my life that I have felt alone. I've kind of in my life gone through a lot of things, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I've had cancer multiple times. I've been divorced twice. I've moved cross country twice. I'm, you know, have been a single mom. I have a teenage daughter um, and depression oh has been something that I have struggled with since I was a teenager with yeah. various things. And I think the time of my life, I have felt most alone. The end of 2019, I had been you know, through more relationship stuff and had moved back across the country and was just in a place where even in a room full of people, I just felt like I didn't belong and like I was completely alone. And it was just such a dark place, even though Ask anybody around me, and I've got a smile, and everything looks great. And you know, it's like, but I would sit there and I'm like, I don't belong here, and I don't know these people, and I don't know myself. And it was more of a, I stopped knowing who myself was, and I felt so alone in that, just not having any idea what to do with myself, really.
0: So, okay, back us up a little bit. What led up to that?
1: I think it was, I had gone through my second divorce. Um, My daughter had asked, she had moved back across the country. Her dad is here. She has a little sister here. And so she wanted to come here to be a part of her sister's life. And I, she asked me to come and I opted to come back to a place that is my roots. It's my home, but it wasn't a place that I felt was right for me anymore, but I wanted to be with my daughter, obviously. So I came back to this place and it just was like a very lonely I I just knew it wasn't where I wanted to be, but it was where I wanted to be when she was with me, you know, on the, in the weeks that she was with me, it was the right place, but it's expensive here. And to live here, you had to work, had to work harder. And it's like, so I had less time with her. So it like kind of got lost in the, well, what am I really doing here? And who am I when she's not with me? You know, who am I anymore? I don't really know.
0: That's so good. So uh, this is really fascinating. I know I'm not the only one thinking it. So you're like, yeah, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. I've had cancer multiple times, but the time I felt most alone is when I moved back to this part of the country. So why I, you know, and I, I I'm honoring your your decision to talk about that, but I know that people are lis- listening or watching and they're curious like why this is more, this is lonelier than when she had cancer.
1: Yeah. I feel like in, when you're like, when I was in cancer mode, it's like, you don't, you know, that quote that says, you, you know, you being strong, you're strong because being strong is the only choice you've got. It's like, where else? It's like, you have to go forward. You know, I had, it's like, what else? You know, the first one, I was a young teenager. And so I feel like most of that was my parents and that was their okay. battle and their struggle. You know, I was at. Yeah. You know it was mine, but it was more theirs, you know, and as I got older, the ones I had, I was pregnant when I had my second one. you know, but it's like, well, what other choice do I have? It's like you just i have it's like you almost have to not process it in order to get through it, and got it. We can talk about that part later because that's where I have found my journey really started because I wasn't really processing any of the things that I needed to be processing.
0: Mm-hmm. So. yeah, so okay, so you found yourself in this space, and how old was your daughter? This was at the end of 2019.
1: Yeah. So she's 16 now. So she was, oh gosh, 14,
0: 13, 14. 14. Okay. And so um, in those moments where she wasn't with you, I'm assuming she was with her dad. And so on the weeks that she wasn't with you. What was going on with you when you said, I didn't know who I was. Give us a little, you know, open door, open window into your thought world. What were you thinking? What were some of the thoughts that you had during that time?
1: You know, I, I am an artist. I'm a photographer. I also paint. I do a lot of art and I knew that I wasn't feeling myself when I didn't have any interest. I would, I would sit at home by myself or I would go out and mm-hmm. whether I was drinking or not, I mean, I work graveyard shift. So I would, you know, at two in the morning, be too lonely to sit at home in an empty house. And I'd go sit and drink a Diet Coke at the bar because I just didn't mm-hmm. want to be alone, even though I felt lonely sitting at the bar full of people too. So like, it didn't make me feel any better, but it just, right. like, and I didn't want to. normally, you know, now I would be painting, I would be drawing, I would be painting, I would be, writing, okay. I would be, but I lost all of that. I didn't have any interest or any part of. I lost that part of myself because I feel like I lost all of myself.
0: So, okay, got it. So you were alone, but it felt better to be alone around other people, even though you still felt alone, (laughs) right? I I get it. I get it. I know, but (laughs) no, but I think, I I think what we're going to get to, because that's always it's, it's a, um, it's a default. I know for me when I feel alone or if I'm feeling um, scared or uncomfortable, I always, I'm like, Hey, mom and dad, can I come over? Can I come hang out? Like, I just want to go be around people Mm -hmm. and it helps. But the minute that I leave, I'm back in the same headspace. So Was that a similar pattern for you?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I was. I mean, exactly. It's like I'd get home and it was like it was almost twice as dark at home because it was like I pretended to try to fill it up with something that didn't make me feel better. And then I'd get home and I'm like, man, the house is even more empty than I left it. You know, Mm. this was a hard kind of a hard place to be in. You know, my, like I said, my shift at work made it harder. I really had an opposite schedule of anybody else around. So it just really was like a lonely kind of time for me.
0: Yeah. And so when you, you mentioned earlier, and I want to talk about this because I, I just talked about this very briefly with um my cousin on the last episode, but you mentioned it. Um, and that is When she was gone, it was like your, it was like you were gone too. Because when she was there, you had a purpose, a function, kind of, right? Like an identity. Mm -hmm. So, tell us a little bit about that shift, because my guess is that you've, um, you see yourself a little bit differently right now. But tell us about the shift for you of realizing not necessarily fixing that but realizing wait a second i feel alone because i don't know who i am because i've lost myself like like did you was that an epiphany did you just realize
1: it well i was it's interesting so the end of 2019 i was at work one night and i was kind of thinking about the following year and i was thinking about how lonely i felt i'd been back here now for 2 years and i was like i don't feel any better it's been 2 years and i still feel Lonely and hate it here, and I'm like, just like, but I don't want to leave. I'm not going to leave her, you know. And I was at work one night, and I had this. I was like, my, I'm going to set my intention for 2020. I'm going to choose my word for the year, and the word heal came to me, and it was interesting because it was like eye opening. Because I was like, wow, like I have all of these things that have happened in my life that people look at me and they say how strong I am, and all of these things, and I'm like, and all of these things that I thought that I had processed and healed from and really I was just shoving it all inside mm-hmm. and I had kind of, I felt like I was like I I think I've run out of room I you know I'm like I have all oh. of the stuff that I've shoved in and it's bursting out because I've run out of room and I need to I need to heal from all of this stuff in order to change patterns that have gotten me to the places that I am and in order mm-hmm. to feel better because I said I Lost myself in my first divorce too, and I didn't know who I was. And then I swore I wouldn't do it again, and here I still was, not, you know, back in the same kind of a place, heartbroken and sad and lonely. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need, I need to get all of this out. I need to let it out. I need to process it and heal from it, or I'm never going to be able to be okay. Like I just won't be okay. I want, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll feel like this forever. You know.
0: I really love how you described that as running out of room um because i think that it's it's a really an accurate picture of what happens particularly in our minds and our hearts like we can only hold so much yeah we can only hold so much weight yeah before before it before we realize that we've got to drop something but it's not just dropping i love the fact that you, your word was heal Yeah. So would you let us into some of those things that you felt like, wait a second, I need to heal from that. What were some of those things for you?
1: You know, it's funny. I had never like gone to counseling. I had, I'd never sought out any kind of counseling or therapy. It was like almost instantly when I set my intention on that word, things started coming to me that were the things that I needed to find, you know, books that I'd had for years and never read that Mm -hmm. people gave to me that. Yeah. Suddenly we're in a box that I opened, you know, um, yeah. and things like that. And it was like, so I, I sought out counseling. I started, mm-hmm. I learned Reiki. I okay. um, And I, the things that I thought that I need, the things that I thought that I would have needed to sit down and go to. Counseling for like my divorces. I mean, they've come up obviously, but it was more of myself, and it was you know, yes. parent stuff, you know, which was interesting. I wouldn't have ever thought I needed to talk about my parents in in therapy, but it was it was just the tr- like the the emotional pain of having parents get divorced and the things that that did for me and things that that mm-hmm. has echoed in relationships. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I had a great childhood and my parents were amazing, so it's not that part, but it was like the what that really did for me and how that's played into my own marriages that, ha- you know, and things yeah. like that. And it's, so it's been an interesting, <laughs> it's been interesting.
0: <laughs> well, can we, can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think one of the beautiful truths that you just described is on this journey of self-discovery of figuring out who we are. It's not necessarily about um, the events in our life mm-hmm. or, it's always about us. It's always about peeling back the layers of, you know, why am I who I am? And am I who I want to be? And who do I want to be? It's always reflected on the who. And so, but you hit on something that I know um, when I was growing up, I was in the minority because most of my friends had parents who were divorced.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: And I didn't really understand. And so now I've got like, I've got you like locked in my podcast room and now I get to understand and other people get to understand too. But so what are some of those things? Because it's so common. And I think a lot of times we just, as a, as a society, say that's part of it. Like it's just, this is life. Let's deal with it. But there's stuff that comes up that carries over into adulthood that you said carries over into your own marriages, your own relationships. So can you tell us a little bit about some of those pieces from that, that you felt like you had to heal from and whatever you feel comfortable sharing. And, um, then how some of those things, how you had these insights that some of these things carried over to your adult relationships as well.
1: I would say the biggest thing that has affected not only my, um, like love relationships, but my work and friend relationships, you know, I, there's things that happened that I, I remember, you know, I was young. I was, it was right after I had gotten, I was 14, you know, when this all okay. happened. So it's like, you know, you're a hormonal teenager anyways. I had missed part of my childhood because I had, had cancer in the right prior to that. Um, you know, and then my parents mm-hmm. get divorced and it's the, it's the, if there had been a little bit more, Given, like if if one of them had tried harder, would it have worked? Would it have? Oh. Uh, would it have? You know, and I didn't realize how much that piece right there has affected who I have become. In a give and give and give and give until I have nothing uh, to give, and I keep then i then I have to find it somewhere, and I keep giving because in hope trying harder, harder, in harder marriage in hopes that. My boss, it'll make my boss happy, and that my friend, you know, it's it's my friendships, it's my work relationship, it's my parenting, it's my marriages, mm-hmm. and all of it, give to my own detriment in the hopes that that's you know, in thinking that that's what I need, and it was the realization that that. I've given until I've had nothing and I have dug deep and I have found it from somewhere when I'm barely getting by, you know, I don't, I'm not giving to myself at all. I'm giving to everyone else, but it's not working. I'm still divorced twice. And I'm still, you know, with, you know, know, it's like still have friends that relationships that you lose no matter what you give. And that was a huge realization for me that you can't, that's not going to save it. That's not going to fix it. So Put yes. yourself, you know, give to yourself. You've got to give to yourself because you're not helping. It's just not going to save any of it. I don't know. You know, it didn't save anything.
0: 100%. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Um, I have just been listening to a book called The, uh, the Worthiness Project on Audible. Mm-hmm check it out. If you're an Audible member, it's like one of the free freebies for, okay. And anyway, she talks about, um, she puts worthiness and value um, in a couple of different terms, but she uses a lot of money terms. And what I love, one of the things that she described was, you know how, when you go to buy something like at the store or buy a, a, a new whatever's important to you, buy a new item, a new technology item, a new outfit, whatever it is. You say, can I afford this? At least hopefully you ask, can I afford this? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Because if you value, if you put a value on what you have and you cherish what you have, if you're down to your last 20 bucks, you're probably not going to spend your last 20 bucks on tacos, right? Like You're going to, what's that?
1: I might. (laughs) (laughs) I really might. (laughs) I might too.
0: I might too. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. It's the same thing with emotional expenditure. For us to ask ourselves, can I afford to give of myself right now? do i have a reservoir do am i running on limited supply and all of that requires us to be intimately familiar with who we are to do this peeling back of the layers and knowing about ourselves and so that's the work that you've been doing
1: yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's and it's been intense it's been a very but so rewarding i've never i've been going to counseling now for a little bit over a year, almost every week. I mean, I go Mm. regularly. I, you know, like I said, I do Reiki and it's so interesting because I know in those dark times, you know, everybody wants to say, you know, think positive and have all these positive thoughts. And it's like, you can't (laughs) do that when you're in the dark like that. But once I started digging through and healing, you know, there's so many things that I've been able to process and let go of and heal. And it doesn't mean they don't hurt all the time, but reprocess my mind too, about how, when I think about them, how my body is reacting to them, you know? And it's like, I, you, I just, now I, now that you get some of that out of the way, I can, when I think positively, it's like, oh, I can actually believe it because when you're in the dark like that, you don't, you know, but it's like, i yeah. have made room for stuff. And it's like, I feel so much lighter having processed, you know, I've had, you know, like my parents divorce and things that have come with that you know, I lost a friend really tragically right after my daughter was born, you know, so many things mm-hmm. that have really affected my adult life that mm-hmm. still affect me and make me sad, but are not, I don't have a physical visceral reaction to what they feel like when I think about them. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel that gut punch in my hmm
0: mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. You said giving doesn't heal anything. So What does have you? You've made you've made room for some new ideas. So for you and your relationships, if you know that's not going to do it, it's not going to cut it. What is going to cut it? What are you making room for?
1: Making room for myself, which has been something I've never really, really done, and giving. It it probably does. Obviously, it has a component important. It's who I am. It's what I'm in healthcare. It's what I do, but. It's interesting how much really starting to take care of myself has brought to me the situations and the people and the things that are right for me and also how much less tolerant I've become of the things that aren't. I've let myself be walked all over. I've let myself be lied to and betrayed and things like that and how much self-worth has come with making room and processing and taking the blame off of myself for a lot of things that have happened, you know, forgiving myself and realizing, letting myself be angry, let, you know, releasing myself of blame. You know, there's a lot of movement in anger. I can go a lot of places from that emotion, you know, to joy, you know, it's, it's really, I've really learned a lot and I'm way less tolerant of people walking all over me. And I've learned to set boundaries, which is, to me, I would have thought before, I know that it would have been like, I'm so afraid of someone walking away because I'm standing up for myself. But now it's not, it's attracting the people who are supposed to stay and the people who aren't, I'm that's fine. You stay on the other side. I don't need, I don't want you here. You can stay out there.
0: You know, it's a, it's such a beautiful truth that when we, um, Boundaries are never something that we learn how to do. They're a natural byproduct of knowing our value and our worth. So like when you were saying that, um, it's basically like you have taken all of the junk, not maybe not all of it, because I know I haven't taken all of my junk, but you have taken the junk, right? That's cluttering up the space that allows you to know who you are and love who you are. And you've taken that and you've said, no, that's got to go. But in doing that, when you're making space, you're making room for the right things, which is what you can control, which is your worth and your value. When you make space for that, then your, your brain is physically attuned to that. So it's only natural that you're going to be attracted to the people who confirm what you believe about yourself. Right? You're going to be attracted to the people who aren't going to try to suck you dry. Conversely, on the other hand, when we're cluttered with all of that other stuff that says, I'm not worthy, I have to break my back to make sure somebody doesn't walk away, then those are the people we're going to attract into our lives.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, having negative thought forms has been a huge thing that I didn't really realize how much self, you know, I knew there's self doubt and things in there and how much letting go of some of those negative thought forms. It's interesting how it has just opened up so many things. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. And the people that have come and the people, the relationships that I've had, but how much better they've gotten because I've set boundaries for myself, but because Mm -hmm. of the energy that I'm putting out, Yeah. It's rippling out too. And like, I'm seeing it in their lives and ways too. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's been such an interesting, the last year and a half has been a really, really hugely transformational year in so many things. It's been pretty incredible.
0: So what do you think? Why late 2019? Like what was the, you know? It it, Was it literally just this epiphany while you were at work of the word heal? Was that what set all of this into motion for you? Or can you put your finger on anything else that was just like, enough is enough?
1: Um, I had gone through some more relationship stuff with, and it was more, it was like just another, I just can't do this anymore. I just can't. Why are the same things happening to me? And I was just like, man, I, I'm just tired of being sad and just tired of being Mm. lied to and tired of being, you know, hurt. And I just was like, I've got to, I've got to somehow break this cycle and figure out why these patterns keep repeating in my life. And I've got to heal all of this stuff that has gotten me right here because I don't want, you know, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't, in five years, I don't want to be thinking, Oh my gosh. Well, here I am again. I've done it again. I'm in the same, you know, I'm like I don't, you know, I'm like I'm already sad and tired and I'm like and I've already I'm like nope, it's time to go a different direction.
0: You know, it's really fascinating that you say that because a lot of times people think that they're ready to make room to heal. Um but they haven't reached that place of I'm so over feeling this way. I am so over the detrimental effects of my choices, my habits, my tendencies, my whatever, my needs. I'm so over that that I I have reached my self bottom. <laughs> oh my God. There's got to be something better than this. And um, a, lo- a lot of times people get discouraged because they think they're ready, but then they they keep um, kind of going back into old patterns. And so I want to ask you about that. But here's here's what I say to people is that, you know, the brain never forgets habits. It never forgets. We can make new ones
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the new ones become more readily accessible than the old ones. But the old ones are still there. And so from time to time, they're going to emerge. So let me ask you this. Um, In the last, you said it's been 16, 17 months, something like that. Um, Have there been times when the old parts have reemerged in some way?
1: Yeah, the, the giving, there are still times where I find myself giving more than I have inside I mean that's been a really hard thing I mean I'm drastically in a different place than I was, but it definitely is still hard especially in areas where I'm like i'm a i'm a I'm a fixer too like so it's a if, so it's like okay so I'm being really good and really strong and then I'm like no i I can't just let you flounder I can't you know even if it's not right or good for me, I can't just sit by and watch. Even though, you know, it's like I it's really well really been a difficult thing. But I'm so
0: I I would say you can you can sit by and watch somebody flounder. Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So sometimes we lie to ourselves and we're like, I can't do that yet. Well you can. You don't want to. It makes you feel right. It makes you feel uncomfortable. But Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are what would you say in your growth journey, because it's no fun. I know from personal experience, it's, it's, it's no fun. And yet it's loads of fun. It's no fun to understand and peel back those layers and dig around in the clutter and pull out the stuff. Because sometimes we pull out stuff that's like, Oh, I can't believe that's there. I don't like that there. You know, no. I got to work through it through that. Um, and sometimes we find treasures right? Like, oh, that's good. That's worth holding on to, you know, like that uh, you can go, but this, yes, I'm going to hold on. Um, And that's the way we learn about ourselves is through that, through that growth is the digging and the decluttering. And so I would ask you, what do you feel like maybe are one thing that you learned about yourself that perhaps you'd never put a name to or spoken aloud or um, realized was in you that you knew that's got to go. That's one. And then number two, what's one thing that you learned about yourself that you feel either surprised by or comforted by or are now fully convinced of, whereas before maybe you were only partially convinced of?
1: Oh gosh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> you know, I... Oh gosh, this is a hard one.
0: It's okay.
1: I think that a huge thing. I mean, insecurity for me and the way that I speak to myself has drastically Mm -hmm. changed and speak about myself. I've worked really, Mm -hmm. really hard and I didn't realize until I started digging through, you know, and I've got notebooks. I always take a notebook to counseling with me and it's like, I try to write down the things that are important and the things that I'm feeling right then. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting how much, how many times I was told you need to stop talking to yourself like that or about yourself. Stop putting that out there. Stop saying those Mm -hmm. things. You know, you are not gross. You are not pathetic. You Mm -hmm. are not disgusting. You are not, you know, it's, and it's interesting how changing those has really, and it's not always easy. Obviously there's times Mm -hmm. that I'm like, Oh man, but it really, really challenging myself to be kinder to myself has changed Mm -hmm. what I see when I look in the mirror, even though, outwardly I haven't changed on the outside, but it has changed drastically Mm -hmm. when I see and when I look at myself because I'm Mm -hmm. proud of where I stand. I'm proud of I'm proud of Mm -hmm. what I've been through too. I really in the processing journey and digging through it, I'm like, man, you have really gone through some tough, tough crap. And here you are, you know, and you're still standing here and you have this incredible daughter. You know, it's like all of these things that I have accomplished and done for myself, in myself, it's like, man, you've been so mean to yourself all this time. Mm -hmm. And I think a huge part of that was, I didn't realize how many of the things, even like in a husband's infidelity, how much blame I put on myself. Mm -hmm. And that was a surprising thing in so many things, how much blame I put on myself that were things Mm -hmm. that had absolutely nothing to do with me. Yes. And that was pretty surprising. I mean, I just was like, so I've been carrying this all around because I've blamed myself for it.
0: Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and it's
1: like, okay, now we need to get that out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's such a good answer and and all wrapped up in a in a in a package because it's the 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 fact that you've been self-blaming is the discovery. Yeah. And then the other realization out of that is that's not my fault. Other people's stuff isn't my fault. And look at me. I'm pretty amazing. I I just think, I think that's, that's a really beautiful benefit of doing the deep dive into uh, self um, self knowledge, I guess would be the right word. Just knowing ourselves, knowing who we are, knowing who we're not and knowing who we want to be. So as we close out today, a couple of questions for you, Danae. Um, how much longer do you plan on being in counseling?
1: Well, I'm leaving the country soon. Um, I had a okay. crazy thing, but I we already have spoken about it. I'm like, okay, once a month, we're doing a Zoom, we're doing a Zoom session. I'm like, I'm it. it I, I'll cry when I have to leave her. She has like pain, drastically changed my life as a person. I mean, I just. I'm so thankful that I found her. She was recommended by a friend and she just, I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine what was I, all of these years I've been wasting all of this time that I could have. And it, you know, it's not wasted. It came. That's right. supposed to, she came because I don't know that it would have been the right person before then, but I, I don't see myself letting go of her anytime. (laughs) She's stuck with me forever. (laughs)
0: And right. And I love that. And that's why I tell people like, Hey, you know, like people that I coach and stuff, I'm like, Hey, if you want to work with me, I'll work with you until I die. Like I, because this work, this self-knowing, it is work. Yeah. And it's forever work. It's not, exactly. Oh, I know myself. I'm good to go. It's forever know. work. And so that's the reason I asked you that. Cause I, I, I think that it's important for people to, to hear that, this this isn't something that you overcome.
1: Yeah. No. Or
0: right? That the end doesn't come until we're no longer here. Like that. That's when the end comes.
1: Your car needs oil changes right. till the very end. It's it's the maintenance that's, that keeps your car going. You know. I've, that's right. The value in that has just been huge. I mean, it's just yeah. So she's stuck with me once a month at least until she leaves. Love it. Leaves.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay, one more question for you. Um, so, because this, you've shared so many profound truths with us, um, I really love this idea of uh, healing, um, that you were out of room. Um, but maybe you have something additional that you'd like to say. I ask every guest at the end of the episode, and because the season is about thriving alone, what is one truth that you would like to share with the people listening and watching? about thriving alone.
1: I think there is so much in the power of your thoughts towards yourself and how Mm -hmm. much you're open to accepting and changing. And when you start accepting and seeing the little abundances around you, it just keeps coming. I mean, my life has just had huge changes and I know it's been so much of the power of thought and the power of making room to be open. I could have said I was open Five years ago, but there wasn't, I wasn't open because there wasn't room. And now that I've made room for things, the things that are coming into my life are just huge. I mean, just life changing.
0: I know you were blessed and encouraged by that conversation with Danae. I just love this concept of being out of room, but not just being out of room for the negative stuff, for the baggage, for the hurt, for the aches. But making room, decluttering, making room to value yourself, to value you, to know your worth, to protect it and to guard it. When we change that focus, clear out the emotional clutter and invite in an emotional refreshing, an emotional makeover, we make room for that. We make room for our realities, our relationships our actualities to be different, to be more beneficial to us and to those around us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, will you please write us a review on Apple Podcasts and rate the show five stars? Don't forget that I have my Thriving Thoughts texting community. All you need to do to join is text the word THRIVE to 540-369-2139. We'll be back here this Friday with the second in my series on redeeming the time until then friends, please do remember to speak truth over the lies and you will thrive in any and every circumstance.